I'm Kat Harris. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm an educator, brand strategist, and content creator. This podcast is designed to dig below the surface and to hold space for meaningful dialogue. It's a place where done is better than perfect, where quality triumphs quantity, and where the journey is the destination. So I invite you to leave your Superman cape of having it all together at the door because life is messy and beautifully imperfect. We all have a story to tell, and I want to hear yours. I cannot believe I am saying this, friends, but welcome to the very first episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm sitting here just bursting and bubbling over with joy. This is such a dream come true, and I cannot wait to dive into the depths with you guys and laugh and probably cry and definitely talk about Beyonce. But for our first episode, I have an amazing conversation with content creator, model, and founder of Black Girl Beautiful, Nakia Phoenix. Nakia is one of those unique, special human beings that when she walks into a room, Her light, her groundedness, her peace is this calming presence. And this episode, we talk about everything from healing social anxiety to creating space in our lives to race to so many different things, guys. I cannot wait for you to listen and be a part of our conversation. So without further ado... Welcome to episode one of the Refined Collective Podcast. Hey, Nakia, thank you so much for joining me today on the Refined Collective. Thank you for having me. Yeah, how's it going? How's how's life in LA this morning? Life in LA is bright and sunny and I hear the birds chirping, so it's it's going to be a great day. That sounds so nice. Now to give um, the audience a little bit of context, um, I just want to let them know how we know each other. I found you via Instagram and instantly like years ago was like, oh my gosh, Nakia is a person that I want to know and I wanted to photograph you. And so we've gotten to work together over the years. And something that's always really stood out to me about you is you walk on set and you are just such a source of groundedness and peace. And one of the most amazing things I love about you is just how connected you are to yourself. And because you're connected with yourself, it gives everyone else on set the permission to be with, be themselves as well. And it's just something I really admire about you and just always such an honor to get to work with you and talk with you. And thank you, Kat. It's, you know, this, this, um, knowing myself and I'm, we're, we're constantly getting to know ourselves, but knowing myself does make it easier to show up to set, show up to a photo shoot, any project and know, like, no matter what happens in those moments, I know who I am and I'm good with that. So whatever comes like is pure creativity, pure good vibes. And it is what it is. Yeah. And I, I just, you bring yourself and it's, it's such a beautiful thing. And, um, so before we really get started, I know you and I've been chatting before we started recording, we want to talk about 
some hard things today, some like diversity, race, but I know that you are such a safe person to dive into those conversations with. Um, but before we get started, I just want to hear, like, I want you to tell us about you. Who is Nakia? What are you about? Why are you about it? And what are you up to right now? So my name is Nakia Phoenix. I am a model, a content creator, and also the creator of a platform where I celebrate Black women, and it's called Black Girl Beautiful. Black Girl Beautiful is my my love letter, so to speak, to women of African descent. And it's definitely been a journey to get to this point in my life, these points in my career. It's been long. It's been hard. It's been very tough. And mm-hmm. I guess since you've met me, it has felt a lot lighter because I have come into my own and really gotten to know myself. So everything now, maybe not 100% of the time, but it's easy breezy and that's how it should be. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. Like just the idea of like getting to a place where you're flowing and you're connected and you know, your vision and sort of when you have that framework of your why you're able to, kind of move through life with a little bit more ease. Mm-hmm. Sounds like that is kind of like where you're at a little bit. Yeah. And, and even um, projects that I'm working on now, it's, you know, if it, if it feels like you're pulling teeth, then maybe it's mm-hmm. not something that I need to be doing. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that traditionally, we're go-getters. We're like, no, 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 we're going to make, I'm going to make this work. And I'm going to make this work. But sometimes making it work is knowing when to step away. Oh, that is a, that is a good word. Like there is a sermon in there. And <laughs> I need to be in there. Um, so, so I've loved following your black girl, beautiful movement that you've created. And I've just been super inspired by the words that you've, read over some of the videos you've done and um you say in one of the videos your grace your virtue your livelihood it is all a gift the world does not know how to appreciate your beauty and then later on black girl you are beautiful Mm -hmm. i want to hear first of all those are beautiful words and it was so awesome to hear those what got you to this place what made you what made you so compelled to want to share this message, not only to yourself and your community, but inviting the world into this, into this dialogue? I think that as a black woman, you often feel like the world is against you, that Mm -hmm. the world siphons energy and creativity from you and doesn't, doesn't give it back. And that can be so draining. And I think that the message is very universal because oftentimes it's not just black women that feel like that. It's women in general. Mm-hmm. We, we give so much of ourselves to take care of other people and we don't always feel that love and appreciation, but mm-hmm. we can't continue to give all of that energy if we're not first taking care of ourselves. And I think that also traditionally black women are seen as strong and invincible and we are afraid to be vulnerable 
in our own private moments, we are very much like <laughs> down on ourselves. Mm-hmm. But in the face of society, we stand tall. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes that's to our detriment. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to create this, this space to say, hey, it's okay to be yourself and it's okay to be vulnerable and there's strength in your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. allow allow people a glimpse into what that is, what that's like. Yeah. A mentor of mine said, you want to know what someone's like biggest source of pain or their own big insecurity is look at their message. Look at, look at the message that they're sharing with the world. And I know that is so true with me. My message with the refined woman is to empower women to embrace their beauty, identity, and value from the inside out. And it is like the message that I'm constantly preaching to myself. And so, yeah, I guess my question for you in that is like, does that resonate with you with, with this message of black girl, beautiful? Like, do you struggle? Like, cause I look at you and I'm like, man, Nakia is grounded and confident and you are holding space for other women but do you have those, like, do you have pain in that story too? I've been, I realized that I, I am working through that, the pain and the hurt and the hangups and the insecurities. I'm working through those. I'm definitely mm-hmm. making more progress than I previously had made. So even mm-hmm. when I'm, when I'm doing these things for Black Girl Beautiful, I am doing these things for myself and for yeah. the people that I love so that we can strengthen each other. What like what do you feel like if you want to share some of those insecurities and, and hard moments where you are? Oh, yeah. Um, it definitely traces back to childhood and being teased as a kid. And then even though my my family, they're so great. They're absolutely wonderful. My mother was definitely going through some hardships on her own and trying to figure herself out. And even though the words that she was saying were very loving and encouraging, I think that also because she wasn't in a good place with herself, it was hard for me to actually feel and internalize what she was saying. My mother is the older version of me. Mm. So even at that, even as a kid, I realized that we were mirroring each other. And so Mm. she's saying these things to me as if she's saying it to her younger self, but she Mm. still wasn't in a place to fully accept what she was saying. And what are like, what are some of those things that she would, she would say? I would come home from school crying because a kid had picked on me about about my freckles or about being a lighter skinned black girl or about sounding like a white girl because I spoke proper English and because I clearly enunciated things and because I was smart. And so my mother would try to console me and just say, you know, you are you are smart, you are intelligent, you are beautiful, you're precious. Precious was one of the words that she used most often. Um, And I would hear her and for a moment I would feel it. And then Mm -hmm. my insecurities would kick in like, that's not the truth. 
Why did it not feel true to you? I like to say that I was born with anxiety. (laughs) Mm. Um, And I can, I can kind of laugh about it now, but I think that my anxiety and my insecurities prevented me from actually accepting my true self, the light Mm -hmm. and the love inside of me. Um, Mm -hmm. It was very hard. And I think that even now as, as an adult, I do say my affirmations and I do like give myself hugs and all of that to Mm -hmm. continue to encourage the, the little girl that's still inside of me. I think sometimes like we have to, or we get to um, like, just remind ourselves of what's true. What are some of those things? Like what, when you say, like you say those affirmations, like, what do you, what do you say to yourself? Like, what is true about who you are and um, how do you move through those moments of pain and anxiety when it comes up? Wow. Um, I often, even now, (laughs) even Mm -hmm. now I have my eyes closed so that I can see clearly so that I can see myself so that I can go inside of myself and, and find that, that love and that light and that peace. Mm. And I often do this when I am having those moments of doubt. Mm. And I used to be afraid of visually showing other people that I'm taking a moment. Mm. Yes. But I think that they need to see that. Mm. And I think that I, that by them seeing that it, it allows me to say, yeah, it, it is totally okay for me to take this moment. Mm. And it is okay for me to walk away from a situation mm. without explaining myself. Because the only person that I really need to explain something to first and for- foremost is myself. Mm. Yeah. And then yeah. once I've worked through that, then I can, I can say to someone else, here's what's happening. Here's what I'm going through. Um, I, I still sometimes have social anxiety. And mm. instead of fighting through it, mm. I'm not giving up and I'm not giving in, but I'm allowing myself the space and time to say, you know, let's try something else. This isn't, this isn't mm-hmm. an environment that's making me feel okay with myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I mean, I have goosebumps as you're sharing that. That is so powerful for me to hear. I think one of the lies that happens to me when I'm, I have a moment of anxiety and social anxiety and struggle, my hands will start getting sweaty and I get really conscious of my heartbeat and I'm like, Oh gosh, here it comes. It feels really scary in that moment to let other people into it. Like, I feel like I need to, I need to like calm down on my own or I need to remove myself quietly And it is so powerful to hear you say that it's okay to say, Hey guys, you know what? I need a minute right now. I'm struggling right now. Like, let me just, let me pause for a second. Mm -hmm. That that's so powerful. (laughs) Because I, I used to be so concerned with time, 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 and making sure that I was running on everyone else's time. But what about my time? What about the Mm -hmm. moments that I need for myself, the moments that I need to reset, the moments that I need to breathe? 
because ultimately those moments are going to make sure that I'm okay to continue. So why not take that time right now? Yeah. Why do you, do you think that that is something specific? Um, I mean, I can resonate with you as like woman to woman as like, yeah, I think there's a pressure that we ourselves put on ourselves as women to like be all the things at all the time for everyone else. Do you feel that in a more elevated way as also being a black woman of this pressure of not only am I a woman, but I'm black woman. So I, I do need to have it together or like, do you feel pressure in that or have you felt? Oh yeah. I have definitely felt that, that pressure because I think that, I think that in so many situations as black women, we are seen as the person who is going to be strong and stand up for everybody. Mm-hmm. So in moments mm-hmm. of despair, I often feel like people are looking to me to handle it, to take care of it. I mean, think about, think about Carrie Washington's character in Scandal. Like she mm-hmm. literally says it's handled. Everyone looks to her <laughs> as like, she's going to save us. Why? Like that's, I think that that's the pressure that so many black women feel in the workplace, you know, at home, amongst friends. Like even if you're at a restaurant and something's not right with your food, friends often look at me Mm -hmm. like, okay, you're going to say something, right? You're going to handle it. You're going to be the gladiator. (laughs) Right. And maybe I'm not, maybe I just want to just not say anything. Maybe I just want to sit back and, and breathe for a second. But yes, there is definitely that pressure to hold it down, so to speak, for everybody. Yeah. One thing that uh, was super compelling and brought tears to me on your on the Black Girl Beautiful website is you do these series of videos, which guys, if you haven't been on this website, it's amazing, blackgirlbeautiful.com. But you have this short two-minute video of a woman and you're asking her about when was the first time she felt beautiful. And then she's telling you the story and it's kind of hard for her to unpack. Like, when did she actually start believing she was beautiful? And then you flip the camera around at her. And I, I, want, you, I want you to share that moment because you were there. I watched it and cried. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted you to be able to share that moment because it just it resonated so much. Yeah, that particular video, when I think about it, it gives me chills because I it's so raw and so real. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I remember just like taking it straight off the camera and like, yeah, this is it. No, no editing involved. Like mm-hmm. this is this is it. Masako, she works with another organization that uplifts women. And so mm-hmm. of everyone that, that I've interviewed, like she, she knows the script. She knows, mm-hmm. she knows what she should be saying and what to say, because this is what she does. So to be able to put her in a different space, a space of vulnerability and strength, mm-hmm. it was, it's like when you when you stand when you stand in front of the mirror and you say words like I love you and you're amazing mm-hmm. and you're beautiful. When you see yourself saying it to yourself, the power of that is infinite. Mm-hmm. And there were moments in the video 
when she does start to break down crying and I reach my hand out to comfort her, like, I'm here, I see you, I got you. Mm -hmm. And, oh, it just, it, it still gives me chills because, you know, she says like, she didn't realize how big the movement is and the impact of Mm -hmm. it. She knew that she wanted to be part of it because we were doing a a shoot, a photo shoot, but she didn't realize that it was going to give her all the feels, so to speak. Yeah. So um, for those listening, what happened is Nakia flipped the camera screen around to this woman and said, I want you to look at the screen and say, black girl, you're beautiful. And this confident woman, just, she just lost it, went, got into tears and, I think something that felt really compelling to me about that is I think we have these, this message that's these powerful messages and you have this powerful message. This woman has a powerful message and it's, it's kind of easier to give it to other people. But when confronted with, do I believe this message for myself? Mm-hmm. Like it's it can, it can, at least for me, it can be hard to be like, it's easy for me to believe that Nakia, you are worthy, valued and seen, but am I? It's, Um, I often get comments on Instagram, like, I wish I could be, I wish my freckles were like yours. I wish I could have hair, Mm -hmm. all these things. And I'm like, have you looked in the mirror? Do you really see yourself? Because I see that in you. And I feel like Mm -hmm. you sort of see it because you're, because you're mentioning that you love it about me. So Mm -hmm. I think that somewhere deep down inside, you love the same things that you love about me, you love about yourself. Why do you think it's hard to accept these things that we see so easily about other people for ourselves? It goes back to childhood and somehow not feeling like you're worthy of the love. Mm-hmm. That's something that I've, I've had to get over um, or overcome. That's a better way to say it. Something that I've had to overcome. I didn't think that I was worthy of, of the love, especially for myself, because often you hear people say like, you don't want to, you don't want to be full of yourself. You don't, you don't want to walk around Mm -hmm. and be like, and say, you know, I love myself. Like what kind of person are you to to say that you're self-centered? You're especially as women, we've heard that Mm -hmm. you don't hear men saying things like, I mean, they, they definitely like build themselves up. They definitely build themselves up and there's nothing wrong with that. But for some reason, as a woman, we're not supposed to do that. And it's when we, when we see the beauty in someone else, it's, it can be easy for us to say and to recognize that beauty. But when someone holds a mirror up to us, it's hard for us to see and accept that. Because we've been taught mm. that, you know, we're not worthy of the love or it's selfish to say that you love yourself. So I want to I wanna ask you what you ask all these women in the videos that you film. When, when did you discover your own beauty? When did you feel beautiful? There was a moment, and my mother has a picture of this. I must have been six or seven years old. I think I was seven. And the photo was taken in a hotel room in, uh, in Detroit. 
I was there for an NAACP convention and it was before like a big dinner honoring Rosa Parks and my mother had curled my hair and I was wearing this pretty lace dress and I was just sitting on the bed and I think my stepfather snapped a picture of me and when I looked at that image I saw this graceful being that I didn't think mm. existed. There she was. And even when I look at the, the photo now, it's like that calm collectedness that you mentioned earlier, I see that in that photo. And that's when I was seven. Mm. Wow. It, it's been there all along. It's been there all along. But I've had to, re mm. I've had to rediscover often. <laughs> I've had to rediscover mm. that person. Because you yeah. you lose it, and then you have mm -hmm. to find it again. But that was definitely one of my earliest memories of of feeling beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Hey, friends! We want to invite you to be a part of the Refined Collective Podcast Tribe. Patreon is an incredible platform that allows artists and creatives to raise funds that empower them to do their craft with excellence by giving you, our audience, the opportunity to sign up for monthly pledges. You can sign up for as little as $5 a month. Our Patreon tribe has first access to our latest episodes, as well as information and insight concerning all things Refined Collective podcast related. Please check out our page and join us in empowering us to continue to create meaningful episodes, interviews, and content for y'all. You can find our page at www.patreon.com forward slash The Refined Collective. So Nakia, I'm just encouraged and feel so honored with everything you've shared so far. And I know we've talked a little bit um, before the call started just about the journey where we're at with the refined woman and um, just to be upfront and honest with our audience. As a team, about a little over a year ago, we felt really convicted and challenged that most of the women we featured on our website were white women. And it it was alarming to myself personally and um, to to our team as well. So we've taken a lot of time and space over the last year and a half to really ask a lot of questions to ourselves personally of like, why and how did we get here? Um, and then also just inviting conversations with women of color that are in our lives that we trust and say, hey, like, how can we learn and grow in this area? And I think a huge thing that has felt scary for me, Nakia, is feeling like I don't want to say anything wrong or is bringing this up publicly offensive or how do I have a dialogue with a powerful black woman like yourself and say like, I accidentally created a, a white girl blog and I want to not do that anymore. And, um, and I'm sorry. So that is the conversation I want to open up with you and dialogue with you about. And it's often, oftentimes um, we go with what we know and what's comfortable for us. And then we look around and realize that it's all, it's very much the same, mm -hmm. you know, and that's instead of thinking that that necessarily has to do with race, it's, it's humanity. 
That's we, mm. we cling to what we know. Mm. And I think that it definitely, um, it's wonderful that you, that you realized what was happening because oftentimes mm. I don't think that people do. They're, they're blind to it. Mm-hmm. And you start having like the same, the same conversations and the same um, opinions. Like, wait, but mm-hmm. there has to be a different opinion somewhere. And then you realize that everyone has similar backgrounds. Or, you know, mm-hmm. I think that also we're when it comes to talking about race, we don't want to offend. We're so PC mm-hmm. that instead of actually opening up and saying something that that may be a bit off, we just don't mm-hmm. say it at all. But and and not saying it, we're missing the teachable moment. Yeah. So these are things that that we have to talk about. I remember having those teachable moments as a kid, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. like the the only black girl with all these white friends. Mm-hmm. And at least in those safe spaces, we were able to have like the hair conversations, the hygiene conversations, mm-hmm. those weird conversations that, you know, as a kid, like you, you're not so conscious about saying the wrong thing. You just kind of say it. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. think that we, we need to just kind of in safe spaces have those yeah. conversations. Right. I think something that has come up to my mind just in the last year and a half of where we're at culturally, politically is just this idea of what you just said. Like we start, you know, doing and living our lives and you get to a point where you're like, oh, like everyone maybe doesn't think what I think, but my social feed is curated to have people that think like me, speak like me, act like me, Mm -hmm. like saying the same things. And so getting outside of ourselves to have these conversations is, is hard. And I think they're important to have them. And something that you like say on your website is this black beauty revolution will take a village to succeed. Let's build our village. Mm -hmm. And I just want to know, like, as, as a white woman, what do you want me to know about your journey? And like, how can I link arms with you? And how can we link arms together in this? Oh my goodness. That linking arms and, and embracing each other and hugging each other, realizing that, that mm-hmm. some of the things that you go through are, the, are, are some of the things that I go through and vice versa, mm-hmm. because just as much as black women will say like white women don't, don't have my back. <laughs> there are a lot of black women who are the same with white women. I'm like, can we meet mm-hmm. on common ground and actually have a conversation? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have definitely been in situations where people have said, black women have said, this white girl doesn't have any black friends. And I'm like, do you have any white friends? <laughs> do you have any <laughs> friends who, who are of a different race that you regularly mm-hmm. spend time with and not the token, someone that you regularly spend time with? Mm-hmm. My, I think about my friends from college. We were basically the United Nations. There was, <laughs> there was nothing taboo for us. It was like, you know, <laughs> here we, here we are at an Indian celebration, and you know, two thirds of us are, are white or black or you know, not, not Indian. Yeah. But here we yeah. are, and 
and we're immersing ourselves in this in this activity in this celebration we're not being offensive mm. and we're totally accepted i think often we feel mm. like we're not going to be accepted in spaces mm. when nobody mm. cares nobody cares <laughs> it's not about it's yeah. not about you <laughs> yes yes that's good it almost what you said it almost reminds me of like going back to those childlike moments where kids just say things and they're like, I don't know, this is weird. Um, I remember being in the third grade and one of my best friends was a black girl and I didn't realize we were different. And I remember we were both in the bathroom and she had a pencil and curled her bangs with her pencil (laughs) and it it stuck. (laughs) And so like we're standing next to each other and I was like, Ooh, can I borrow your pencil? (laughs) And because I wanted to curl my bangs and my bangs wouldn't curl. And I was like, why, how did you do it? Can you show me again? And we were both so confused why my hair wouldn't do what her hair was doing. And I look back now and I'm like, man, that's childhood innocence. Like, can we get back to that place as adults? Like just being willing to like be in the moment with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Be in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that another thing that we often believe is that the woman next to us doesn't have our back. Mm. And I have definitely, I've definitely felt that way in situations. Mm. I remember saying to um, friends last year that we're trying to organize something for um, something for artists. And they were trying to get my support. I'm like, Hey, you know, I support you, but I'm going to be honest. I don't think that you'd show up at something that I'm doing for black women or for black lives matter that I don't, Mm. I don't think that, I don't think that that would happen. I'll show up for you, but I don't think that she'll show up for me. And Mm. they were like, no, 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 I I wouldn't. I'm like, I don't, I don't think so because it's taking, Mm. it's, it's me meeting on your turf instead of you meeting me on mine. Yeah, that's a, that's a good word. So I guess my question, my response to that is like, how can I, how can we, the refined woman, the refined collective, um, and then just listeners, how can I come on your turf? How can I support, how can we support black girl, girl beautiful? How can we, I want to have your back because <laughs> you, I know you have my back. I know that about Nakia Phoenix. Um, I want you to know that that I have your back too. How can I do that practically? I think that it's it's um, having conversations like this. It's it's showing up. It's sharing resources. It's mm-hmm. especially in in the the work that we do. Often we mm-hmm. we hoard things like oh I don't want. I don't want this person to have my connect because maybe they're going to take that's mm-hmm. there is no competition. <laughs> that's I think that's a universal thing. We have to realize there is no competition. Mm-hmm. Sharing is caring. Mm-hmm. So share, share yeah. these resources. Amen. Like when, when you get to, when you start making it up to the top, who do you want to look around and see with you? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That's good. That's I imagine that, that heaven is this beautiful place where we're all hanging out and having fun and <laughs> drinking wine. <laughs> Cause of course yes. Jesus is turning water into wine in heaven all the time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. 
but but it's just like one big love fest and it's like mm-hmm. so colorful and so beautiful that's what i want yes. that's what i want life to be right right well there's the the verse in the new testament the lord's prayer I feel like so many of us even if we're not in the church or it's you know our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven so what does it look like to bring that heaven picture that you just described? How do we bring heaven to earth today, 2018, in New York City, in LA, in North Dakota? How do we bring heaven to earth in our communities? And- it's it's finding that, um, think about the things that like we, we all tend to unite on. One of my favorites is food. Mm-hmm. Let's... Yes. <laughs> let's let's get to break get together and break bread. Let's get together and eat. Let's drink and be merry and have these real mm-hmm. conversations in mm-hmm. in a beautiful environment in a safe space. Um, sometimes yes. that means like if you're going through if you're scrolling through Instagram and you see something that you love, like commenting, or you see mm-hmm. and like having the conversations with with other women. Um, or if there's an event that you see that you're like, well, let's say for instance, you're a white girl who has curly hair and you're hearing about like a curly hair event that black women are going to go, just go. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that you're going to learn and realize that, that, Oh wait, this woman has a similar hair type to me. What can I, I, there's so much that I can learn from her. And then, then you realize that you have other things in common, like life mm-hmm. and, and work and relationships and kids or, you know, single life, whatever. Mm-hmm. Once you open that yeah. door, so like the long hallway of doors opens. Yeah. Well, that's, that's such a beautiful picture. Like being, what I'm hearing you say is being open and listening and asking questions and realizing like there, we really are like everyone, like we're all humans. We all want the same things. We all want to feel loved, known, accepted, heard. And sometimes it's just putting yourself out there and saying, Hey, like, I want to know you. And can we talk? And if you win, I win. And if you lose, I lose. And if, if I, like there's, there really is like when you said a few minutes ago, like when you get to that elevated moment, who are the people you want to be surrounded by and, and surrounded with? And the picture I get is that like, I, it doesn't help anyone if black girl beautiful fails. It doesn't help anyone if the refined woman loses, because like, if you win, that creates wins for me. If I win, that creates wins for other people and just tearing down that idea of competition or scarcity. Mm-hmm. Like there's not enough at the top, but that's, that's the big lie. It's, it's a huge <laughs> lie. And I don't know if that's been, if like we're all suffering from living in a patriarchal society or like whatever it is, like we have to, we have to move past it. We definitely have to move past, past it. Man, I feel like I could just talk with you for so long about this. Um, but we're going to we're going to wrap up your episode. So kind of at the end of every episode, I'm asking everyone the same three questions. So um, the first one, are you ready? <laughs> OK, what are three things that you are obsessed with right now that you really love? <laughs> OK, number one, I am 
really in love with going to my Kundalini yoga classes on the weekends. I did not realize how much I was going to love it, but I Mm. really, really do. It is, it's, it's my form of church Mm. because it, it helps me connect with my body and my mind and, and, you know, spiritually it, it lifts me up to points that I knew were there in me, but I just needed, I needed a little bit extra to discover you know, discover it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Kundalini yoga is one. Mm-hmm. Traveling is number two. Yes. Is there like a specific travel thing, whether it's like, here's a place you want to visit or here's a website that you go to? I, I recently got back from Seattle and mm-hmm. I knew that it was someplace that I wanted to go, but I didn't realize until I got there how much I was actually going to love the place. And mm-hmm. for me, Traveling has has always been, well, let me go someplace that's warm. I live in a warm, sunny place. Like, mm-hmm. let me find something that's a little mm-hmm. bit different and and yeah. really dig in and immerse myself in this place. So that's what I want to do. I want to find different places and really dig in and immerse myself. And instead of just living hotel life, which I absolutely love, like actually getting out there and mm-hmm. talking to people. Um, and number three... In the general sense, I am obsessed mm. with love. Yeah. It's such a beautiful, beautiful experience and a beautiful thing. The love that you have for other mm. people, the love that I have for my cat, the love that my cat has for me after mm. I've been gone traveling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the love of pets, because it is, it's mm. unconditional. But isn't that how all mm. love is? It's unconditional. At least it's supposed mm. to be. So, and, and love for myself, really having that love for myself. Yeah, that's good. I'm inspired. Yoga, Seattle, yeah. travel, love, love. <laughs> all the things. Um, okay, so I know we've talked a little bit about this throughout, but what, what is a message or what is something you wish that you could tell younger Nikia? Oh, little Nikia. <laughs> I wish that I could tell her, and I am telling her in this moment, hey, it's going to be okay. Because mm-hmm. younger younger me was, um, the anxiety would kick in and I'd start thinking about the future. And then, mm-hmm. like, death. And I mm-hmm. allowed that to weigh me down instead of just living in the moment and being happy with the now. So mm. yeah, everything's going to be okay. That's good. That's good truth. I needed to hear that too. And so did, so did my younger self. <laughs> yeah. um, we right. all do, right? Like when you're a little kid, you just need to know like you're going to be okay. Like you're going to be held. It's going to yeah. be okay. Uh, my last question. Um, I love asking this question and just hearing how different people take it. But one of the things I really believe about humanity is that all of us are leaders. Each one of us, by the mere fact that we live and breathe and are walking on this planet, there is a level of leadership within each of us. We all have our own spheres of influence. We all have people um, that are put in our paths to encourage and um, empower. So with that, I also believe we all have stories to tell. 
And so I ask you, what is the story that you are inviting others into? What, what is your vision to invite other people into and yourself? I invite everyone into my heaven on earth, which is serenity and birds chirping, dancing, living, breathing, experiencing. I want, I want people to feel like it's okay to be themselves because it is, and it's okay to express yourself and to really, really let those inhibitions go and do you mm. and love yourself in every moment of that. That is beautiful. And we can just mic drop right there. <laughs> was, I'm so glad we have that on recording. That needs to be on. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nakia, I'm grateful for who you are. I'm grateful for um, the work that you are doing in yourself and the, the healing that you are moving through in your own life. It, it gives freedom to other people, to me, and the work you're doing with content creation, modeling, Black Girl Beautiful, it matters. It really, really matters. And I'm inspired by you. And I'm so grateful to have had this chat with you. Thank you thank for you. having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. I'm Kat Harris, and you've been listening to the Refined Collective Podcast with music by Chris Zabriskie. You can follow our journey on Instagram at The Refined Woman, our website, therefinedwoman.com, for show notes, other features and interviews, and a deeper look into our tribe. Find us on iTunes, The Refined Collective. Subscribe, rate, review, and leave us some love. Join me next time, and thank you so much for listening. And one last thing, in case you ever forget, you are not alone. Your story matters, and you belong here. 